Welcome, dear listener, to episode 10, season 5 of Weekend at Crombies. Prepare yourself for the vampire's kiss. I did. Yeah, you in episode ten, volume five. What do we normally have it? That's not only vol- volume five, episode <laughs> ten. <laughs> well, are you American? <laughs> Anarchy. Yes, yeah. Welcome, dear listener, to Weekend at Crombies. I am Hugh. Am I getting through to you, Alva? <laughs> and I am Doctor James Evans Esquire. That's right, Alva. It's a horrible, horrible job shifting through old contracts after old contracts. I couldn't think of a more horrible job if I wanted to. And you have to do it. You have to or I'll fire you. You understand, do you? Thank you, James. And end scene. <laughs> yeah. Poor Alva. <laughs> Poor Alva. Oh, well, we have done certain starts. So we are, um, as you can tell by those two flawless um, renditions, we are doing the 1989 American horror movie Vampire's Kiss. Again, another film without the definitive article. Oh, it's not, it's not the fact, you know, it's just Vampire's it's Kiss. It's just Vampire's it? Kiss. It's yeah. like Big Night. But it's Vampire with an apostrophe, so it is a singular vampire who does Indeed. a kiss. It's not many vampires having a big no, kiss. No, it's not death. Vampire's Kiss. No, it isn't. It, yeah. It's, no, well, it's well, well, maybe, do, maybe vampires do kiss. We don't know. It's, 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 that's, that's one of the question marks over the story. It does Well, a spoiler alert as well. We, that, that question isn't answered. <laughs> 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 As I'm in here. So, um, yeah. where to begin? Again, the, the duty oh, once again. At the beginning, shouldn't let's we? Begin. Well, the duty once again falls on me to, uh, to to recap this story. I don't think there's a huge amount of plot in this film, particularly. We, we do say that. I will say that again. I know we, we we have a bad habit of spending five minutes over the opening yeah. credits. I was quite taken by the skyline of 1980s New York. Um, yeah, oh, at the start. Yeah, oh, be- it's it's fantastically filmed, isn't it? It's it's beautiful, but also it had two very prominent things that 2000 New York doesn't have anymore. Oh yeah, the World and Trade Center. Yeah, yeah and, it's, um, and I just thought, ooh, dated there. I um, know, I notice that whenever I watch a film with the um, World Trade Center in it, it's the I first thing I, I notice. I never noticed them before, but now it's all I can look for. Yeah, it's well. I was going to say you never noticed it before. What September eleventh, two thousand and one? Well, you wouldn't, would you? <laughs> now it's the only <laughs> no, thing I, I noticed. Ne- it. No, I never noticed them in skylines. I, mean, I, probably, I was probably aware of them being there, but I would never, you know, they're never, you know, they're huge. Anyway, it's a nice, dug- it's a nice, nice scene though, because it's you get a nice view of Fifth Avenue as well, didn't you? From the, do. F- f- it reminded me a bit of the end scene in Romancing the Stone, where oh, the yes. yacht goes down Fifth Avenue. <laughs> yes. Anyway, we digress. So we begin uh, with uh, Peter Lowe, played um, and played is is such a uncorked by Nicholas Cage. Uncorked, yes. <laughs> Unshackled. Yeah. Peter, Nicholas Cage um, is playing Peter Lowe, who yeah. is um, a literary agent and basically a 1980s yuppie. Um, he is, yeah. He's he's in he's, got, he's he's literally got all the traits of yuppiedom. He's in the smart suit. He um, has. Uh, he has the most preposterous accent. We will we will cover this yeah, in much greater does. detail. Yeah, oh, he does. The, he the does accent itself accent. is is going to get its own section in the, in the analysis. Yeah. Um, he yeah. wears the sharp suits. He and he's in therapy. He's 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 basically feeling on. One of those kind of brownstone apartments, hasn't he? He has. Yeah. He's feeling ennui. Um, that that yeah. you know he, his life is not fulfilled. And he kind of recaps one incident where he um, he went out in a bar. He took an attractive woman home. They were getting it on, and then a bat flew in. Um, so. <laughs> The woman um, whose name is Jackie flees flees the room. I don't know why she left the safety of the bathroom to go yeah. out half naked into the hall, but she does. Yeah. Um, and but but he he stares at this bat and and claims he got aroused by it. Mm. Um, but it doesn't spoil the evening because the two of them just run into a cab and presumably go back to her place. Um, so the uh, the the night was not ruined. But um, but low is still... odd. It is. I mean, it's it's an odd sequence. To begin the film, isn't it? <laughs> yes. I mean, well, again, odd, it doesn't get odd. any. It doesn't get any easier, but it's an odd yeah. sequence to begin the film. Yes. Um, and, and so uh, we we continue. We see Peter Lowe in in the, his in his role. He basically again sits at a desk and uh, sits at a desk and barks orders at, uh, at his various assistants, of which um, Alva, um, played by who's she played by? She played by Maria Conchita Alonso. Yeah. So um, if if you like nineteen eighties. Um, horror science fiction films you will know who she is because she's in um, 
the running man i was about to say i recognize her from the running man and she's also in predator 2 as well so ah, okay. she's in that kind of that she's the in genre. those kind of weird 90 late 80s early 90s kind of not massively successful rubbish, not massive they're, they're a bit rubbish but they're they're a little bit memorable you know that kind of yeah, yeah. film Anyway, Alva is, is one of the secretaries and he is giving her a terrible time. He's basically um, telling her to find this is a, a contract that's been requested by one of the, the authors in a what appears to be a, a mountain of paperwork that she uh, she just can't find. And, um, so he's telling her to, he's constantly harassing her to get it done. So that's it's like a Sisyphean task, isn't it? Because this contract was was written in the 60s yeah. and the author now wants to kind of reclaim some of the um rights to it i guess yeah. really um and yeah he he can't understand why he can't find it so um, he thinks things should be properly filed it's, yeah that, i that, never misfiled anything not once. Well, not even that he yeah and also it's just like he doesn't understand misfiled because he's the yeah. uh his, his therapist played by elizabeth ashley um who again yeah. also had a good run in the 80s and before yeah. um basically says sometimes contracts get misfiled because misfiled you know place them on file misfiled <laughs> I don't know how you did things in the. Mind you, I do know how you did things pre-computers because I, uh, I was one of my first jobs was rifling through paperwork to find stuff. It's like, yeah, things. How, how do things ever get found? It's like, well, you were the must... Welsh Alva, weren't you? I was the Welsh Alva. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not, given given the fate that awaits Alva. Uh, no spoilers, but. And in fact, uh, we, we do we can flash forward. He is just tormenting Alva for the sake of it, because um, a little later on, he gets a call from from the author and he calls Alva in saying, you know, this is the author and he is going to give me such a rocket and I'm going to have to cover for you, for your yeah. failure. And he picks up the phone and the author goes, oh, that contract, don't worry about it too much. I'm sure you've got better things to do. Just turn it up when it turns up. Don't worry about it. And he just hangs up saying, he was livid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so he's just continuing to torment Alva over this thing that actually we now realise makes no difference whatsoever. It makes no difference. Um, it gets worse and worse, doesn't it? It does get worse, yeah. Um, so uh, can, uh, continuing with it, with, his, uh, with the, I guess what you'd call the the instigating point of the plot, Peter Lowe is is again once again picking up women. Um, he uh, he finds uh, Rachel played by Jennifer Beals, she of the Flash Dance. Um, and not uh, much else. <laughs> not much else. Although she she's had a couple of run on television. Um, yeah, that's she, she was in the L word, wasn't she? Yeah, and didn't seem to get any older. Um, uh, perhaps yeah, she is. Do. Perhaps she's a vampire. Perhaps she is. Perhaps <laughs> this was a documentary. When <laughs> <laughs> you just think about other, other women who were, you know, big in the early eighties who have aged, you know, appropriately. Um, Jennifer Beale somehow managed to avoid that. Anyway, um, so she, so this, this, this Rachel. Um, again, he seems to. He compliments her earrings, and the next scene, they're they're having sex. So yeah, something well, missing. Right? He invites her in, doesn't he? Which is one of the vampiric oh, laws. He invites yes. her in, and those, so therefore she has a hold over him as a consequence. Yes. And again, as as they're as they're in, in bed, she pins him down and and chomps his neck in the vampiric Indeed. way. Yeah. Uh, but the, but the next morning, as Lowe is is uh, is making her coffee, she comes to an empty bed, and yeah. the, the coffee cup rattles in her hand. Was she ever there? Um, was she ever there? Indeed. Although he, he does have again, he has a, an injury on his neck, um, which I th yeah. he does cut himself shaving. And I think they meant to say, oh, could it be this or the other? It's a very odd place to cut yourself shaving. It's like right yeah. round the jugular. <laughs> yeah, and also it's it's unusual to cut yourself shaving that makes it look like a vampire's bite as well. Yeah, but again, yeah, he wears he wears an elastoplast over it. So anyway, yeah. um, so th there is the thing of you know, it has he been bitten by a vampire or is he just imagining the whole thing? Um, he, he his behaviour becomes again. More erratic, erratic, yeah, erratic and yeah. and obnoxious. Actually, he, yeah. he he could just be an obnoxious yuppie because he's well, he, he starts obnoxious, doesn't he? Yeah, he goes like he's Jackie is his original date. He takes her to the museum and then just ditches her for no reason. Yeah. And he's yeah. like he's moody. He goes and he just stands her up, and then that's that. And again, yeah. he's becoming more and more um, obnoxious to to um, to Alva. And I think at this point, someone said to Nicholas Cage, "Just go for it," because yeah. <laughs> yeah. there's a point. Yeah, there's a point where there's a literally point, the yeah. cork is off. Yeah, because Up until that point, he's it's he's a bit odd. Yeah, but it's not completely insane. Now, up to this point, I was thinking, why do they cast Nicholas Cage? I don't quite get it. Um, because he's <laughs> he's mostly playing a slightly rude, slightly um lib libidinous yuppie. Yeah, yeah. And then it's with like, an odd accent. With a with a very odd accent. Um, and then all of a sudden, literally, he jumps onto a desk uh, yeah. with a single bound. It's not like a yeah. it, it's not like a no, leap. It's he's like a box jumping CrossFit. It's brilliant. Yeah, but boom, he's up. Um, and he's ch he's chasing now Alva through the building into yeah. the ladies' toilets um, to basically say, where's this contract, essentially? Um, it causes some consternation and that the responses when everyone is probably disturbingly real. There's a, a yeah. more elderly uh, employee there, a, a, an older woman there, who says, what the hell's going on? And afterwards, Alva's, Alva's basically tormented, saying, I, I, you know, leave me alone, I'll find it, I'll find it. And he's yelling at her. 
And afterwards, her, her colleague goes, are you OK? But that's all she does. She just goes, yeah, are you all right? Honey? That's it. Yeah, doesn't actually yeah. take action. And then, no, you, and then but, the well, next scene is the boardroom where, yeah, where the, the big wigs. Yeah. Yeah. So the, his boss and everyone are literally just crack, uh, cacking, uh, crack, cacking, crack, cracking up over over this. I think it's hilarious that he, he yelled at Alvin and chased her through the... Um, yeah. Through the and again, it's even, even that scene, the, the, the laughter is slightly off kilter. It's almost too much. Yeah, yeah, and it's again, ramped up. Yeah, and and Lou again is just playing it up, just like, oh no, no that's yeah. not the worst thing. That's not the worst thing. Wait, like, yeah, really terrified her, yeah. of this kind of stuff. So yeah, so it's 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 horrible, and it only gets worse. He's like saying, you know, why didn't you stay late? You know, if if you really cared about finding this contract, you'd stay late. So he's pressurizing with all kinds of stuff, um, and and again, and in between this, he is also being regularly bitten by Rachel, who mm. is implied is making him do things like standing Jackie up and not going to. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, because she's 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 jealous. She wants she wants her little slave all to herself. And yeah, um, she seems to have the control over him, doesn't she? So yeah. you, you, uh, interesting. You never see uh, well, apart from toward the end of the film, you never see her outside of the apartment. Yeah. Um, either. So again, it does question whether she's real or not, or whether he is descending into some kind of psychopathy. Yeah. Although again, this 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 is also manifesting as some kind of like Renfield type thing from Dracula, where he yeah. he's 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 becoming again. We say erratic now. His hair's going a bit crazy. He's getting very bug eyed when he's not yeah. wearing enormous sunglasses. Yeah. Um, he, he finds a cockroach and eats it. It's like you know he's doing the full Renfield. And that was sticking. real as well. It was it. Yeah. I didn't need to know that. It was real. Yeah. Because I, I read around it afterwards, and um, they had to they, they do two takes of that particular scene. And he he thought, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it for real, and he did it. <laughs> Good God! <laughs> no. Oh my God! Method, okay. method acting. It's method acting. I, I, you know what? I, 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 yeah, I, I almost didn't. I did couldn't look away, uh, but I thought <laughs> that's a very good cockroach-shaped gumdrop they gave him there. <laughs> Apparently, what happened was that um, there was a doctor on set, and the doctor insisted that after each take, Nicolas Cage take a very big swig of whiskey to um, <laughs> make sure that he didn't get ill from from eating the cockroach and they, they were they were actually they were called water bugs they weren't actually cockroaches but they were okay. water bugs. but yeah oh doesn't make it particularly better where does the american humane association stand on animals because oh, yeah, yeah. Well, presumably again, he wouldn't have been allowed to eat a dog but he's no, allowed he to eat a bug so where, where, where in the where in the evolutionary chain does it stop well, becoming protected it's interestingly the animal uh, the american humane association did um uh want to take the filmmakers to court Oh. for that particular scene but, but, but apparently the director said it, it wasn't real it was a it was a fake it was fake <laughs> but it wasn't <laughs> yeah. i suppose oh, you can't prove you can't prove that it isn't i suppose but maybe he would stand up because saying what actor would be mad enough to eat a cockroach well then nicholas cage <laughs> walks case. in yeah and go, okay yeah well <laughs> nicholas cage it. walks in two-footed jump on top of the kid in the courtroom <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> am i through with you <laughs> Uh, that actually that was the moment i i, I did it for my my yeah. uh, the yeah, that is the it moment. was when he was talking to alva and he doesn't just go am i getting through to alva yeah. he he does it thrusting his arm out um yeah. like it was um like it was wild at heart yes, <laughs> it's just like exactly yeah yeah um, and also it's his eyes as well there's some scenes around that point his eyes just bug oh, out more than yeah. is possible as, as as with your quote when he when he's tormenting alva saying this is a yeah. horrible job and i want yeah. you to have it you will never escape this job i will get through this job you know for, until you die because yeah. she asked for some help doesn't she and he yeah. says it doesn't matter you know i'm not going to give you more help. i don't want you to have more help this is yeah. your job yeah and and as he says this yeah his eyes are literally the size of saucers um, <laughs> <He's weird. laughs> it's it's insane um so he's, he, this is part of his his, his um degeneration and and at this point yeah alva quite understandably takes a sick day thinking yeah. sod this i don't want to go yeah. to work yeah um uh, but but he he, he gets a cab all the way out to where she lives and, and once again <laughs> yeah he's mad isn't it he's like i you know i want i want to he's saying i, I want to make the piece and i brought soup and he dangles yeah. a little packet <laughs> soup in. i got soup i got soup come on this is really you know i'm sorry i apologize yeah. you know well, rather I've... the big broth of homemade chicken soup he's got the mankiest <laughs> little packet of instant soup but again it's it's an interesting scene because he's 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 uncorked again despite being trying to make peace he's uncorked still it's really yes. it's a really weird yeah. he's really odd in it and she's kind of looking a bit like what the hell is going on okay 
So somehow she gets persuaded to ride back into into the yeah. office. And as soon as she does, it's like, you've got to work until your hands bleed <laughs> and find this contract for me. So really, that, that peacemaking did not last long. And no. I think at this point, then it gets it gets really nasty. Because well, she, she goes into the garage where her brother worked to get a gun. That was it. No, to get, no, bullets to get the bullets. She, the gun, she's, she's got a gun for protection, but it's, it's empty. So he says, I've only got blanks for you. So she says, well, give me the blanks and I'll, I'll scare anyone who comes near. Um, so she takes she takes the blanks um, and then he, they continue to drive into the office again. He torments her, and again at um, very late in, at night she finds the contract. And I think at this point we're all breathing a sigh of relief. He's like, yeah. "Oh, thank God you found the damn thing." Yeah. Although um, although Peter Lowe is curled up in the corner um, <laughs> behind his sofa at this particular point, and actually this is a point where Rachel does turn up outside of the, his apartment as well. But yeah. you don't see her go in. She's just there in the room sucking his blood. Yeah, yeah. And so um, she turns up there. I found the contract expecting, you know, all to be well. And he's like, it's too late, Alva. It's too late. And and basically <laughs> yeah. ch- chases her down to the yeah. boiler room. Um, she she pulls the gun and tries to ward him off with shots. Obviously, no. He, he, but he's also saying at this point, shoot me. Come on, shoot me. End yeah. it. And then she shoots and says, not the floor, Alva. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so sadly the, the gun is loaded with blanks it wouldn't do any good again, but he just, again he thinks he doesn't know that does he so he thinks no. he's immortal at this point well he hasn't she hasn't shot him yet um but she no. he she throws yeah, yeah, yeah he throws he, he throws alva down yeah. and again it's implied very heavily that he rapes her um i think yeah. he admits that later on but he visualizes that rachel is is there instead yeah um it's it's to be honest horrific after after Again, we'll come into how it's how it's laid out yeah. in the theme. But um, after which he is, uh, whether repentant or just so messed up, he then takes the gun and fires it twice in his mouth mm. um, to no effect, therefore believing himself to be immortal. And again, I'm not, I, I, this is one of those, this is, this is why a, a, a film in which Nicolas Cage acts the way he does in it, I don't know whether he did that or not. You know, were they real blanks in the gun? I mean, surely they weren't, but... No, they, they, were, they weren't real blanks, because that would have blown his head off. Oh, would it? Because oh, okay. a, a blank, I don't think, is a blank blank. Um, yeah, the, the, I see, the, I see. So but I suppose that's the point. Possible. There's an edginess to it, which means it's unpredictable, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so he, he, I think, believes he's a vampire. I think also there's a moment when he's in the toilets and he can't see his own reflection, even though we Ex- can. Except we can, yeah. Even though he has a reflection. And it, again, he's like, oh, what? <laughs> Oh yeah. no! Yeah, I don't have a reflection. I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. At which point, someone from the store goes, "I'm trying to have a dump here." <laughs> yeah. uh, kind of undercutting the the horror. But at this point, yeah. he, he now believes he's gone full vampire. He overturns his uh, his entire house uh, until he's created a, a kind of a coffin for himself by flipping his sofa over. Yeah. That, um, that he actually lifts up and down with an audible creak, like it's the coffin lid. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so he's created that. It he does. Then, yeah, I hadn't realised that, but yeah, it does, doesn't it? He's then disappointed he doesn't have vampire teeth. He tries to buy some from a shop. Um, <laughs> he can't uh, afford the expensive ones, so he gets these plastic. Yeah. Look absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, well, this, this is the thing. Like, well, firstly, it's the 80s, because he actually realised he spent all his money on the cab ride back yeah. and forth. Yeah. And he only has a few dollars in his wallet. I think, oh, God, in those days, the money in your wallet the was money. the only accessible money. money you had. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, you can't just bad, chip and pin it. Um, no. <laughs> Oh dear, simpler time. But anyway, yes, he's showing these wonderful denture type things made of, you know, that would that would fit perfectly. He can't afford them. So he has the, the kind of chompers that everyone has when they're a kid. Um, you get in crackets, like these, yeah, these exactly. plastic yeah. teeth that he does put in his mouth and keep there and, and continue For the rest act, of the film. <laughs> continue to act through them. And so, yeah. like, again, he, he calls a psychiatrist saying, you know, I need to speak to you soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I can't give you Tuesday sooner, Monday morning sooner. <laughs> Um, and then, then he, he goes into a club, uh, jumps the queue in the club, obviously punching the bouncer, which yeah. has no repercussions. No. Uh, and, then, goes, and then he walks down the stairs in the club. Yeah, at which point he looks like, like Nosferatu, doesn't he? I was going to say he's full Nosferatu now. He's hunched yeah. up. He's, his, his neck is sunk into his shoulders. His hair is crazy. He's got yeah. he's got these teeth that he's not his even. His eyes are them. bulging. Yeah, he's not even wearing the teeth properly. Like no. as in, his, <laughs> they're embedded, which means they're, they're sticking out. out like Nosferatu, they're sticking out like they're broken teeth, yeah, sticking yeah. out so they're not even the, in the novelty fashion. Um, at which point he finds a woman on her own, which is strange in a crowded club. Um, but he is essentially a taxi. They're kind of, she thinks he's hilarious with his teeth. Yeah, because um, it's then, almost like a silent movie scene as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, because he's doing the movements with his hands, like, oh, uh, can I, yeah, can yeah. I, uh, can I bite your neck? And she's like, oh, God, well, yeah, of course. And yeah. then he does, and she's like, what? Yeah, yeah. He spits out the plastic teeth and actually bites her neck yeah, and, yeah. and leaves her presumably for dead. Mm. Um, and and then goes into another room and starts vomiting because he's drunk human blood. Uh, 
at which point he's found by Rachel. Um, yeah, but and her not, boyfriend. Yeah, but not, not the vampire. Not vampire Rachel. Yeah, Real she's, Rachel. Yeah, she's like, oh, you're Peter that I met several weeks ago. <laughs> and yeah. that was it. Yeah. Um, and and so she's, he, he's like, she's a vampire. She's a vampire. Yeah. And as he gets dragged out by the, the police. Yeah. Orders, it, um, so, yeah, he's clearly lost the complete now. And in fact, he he staggers through the night whereby we see newspapers saying a bizarre murder at club, mm. woman bitten to death. So clearly. That was quick, wasn't it? Well, you know, the press in those days. But it's also, in, in that is true, that was very quick. Um, but it also implies that he's not hallucinating everything. No. Um, and and he, he he bumps into um, a wall. <laughs> well, well, what he does, first of all, he he, yeah. he knocks over some kind of crates to get a stake. Oh, that's, he's one around with an enormous plank that he's yeah, trying to drive the, into the, his house. It's like a stake, isn't it? And there's another thing about this, that that, that was filmed with um, long long lenses, yeah, and um, apparently the the bystanders, <laughs> none of them knew they were being filmed. Yeah, that can easily imagine. That, that yeah, it was very all real. Feel. Yeah, 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 it was all real. There's another bit where he pick, yeah, good job, no took him up on that offer. Well, exactly. There's another scene where he chases a pigeon and picks a pigeon oh, up, and I'm thinking, oh, pig- I don't want to see this. <laughs> oh yeah, but you don't actually see it. But we see enough. Um, he catches he's... the pigeon though, which is pretty impressive. Well, I don't know. Pigeons are pretty docile. Have you ever caught a pigeon? I've never tried to catch a pigeon, but yes, there was a cartoon called Catch the Pigeon. They never managed it. Well, that's true. Okay, it's disappeared than dusting Mutley. It's no Rocky chasing a chicken. No, I suppose not. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, actually, after eating the pigeon for most of the film, he also has stained blood all over his face as well oh, as, as the comedic, as the yeah. comedic teeth. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and so yeah, he's come on with his plank, and he then bumps into a wall, and then he he talks to he now imagines he's talking to his. It is this really imagined kind of yeah. hyper real. Yeah, um, and as, as yeah, as he talks, to yeah. him, he is he is clean and and sane and mm. and poised. Still got um, the stake then, though. Yes, doesn't he? Yeah, he's got the stake yeah. under his arm. Yeah. but he's he's in her office, and then you you snap back to him a complete mess with the stake under his arm, talking to a wall. Um, it is, and it is incredible as well, really, how much of a mess he is. I don't know quite oh, yeah. how he's managed it, but he, well, he's he's he's, a, he's assaulted one and killed another. Yeah, <laughs> slept under a sofa. But it looks <laughs> like that's what's happened. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably went full method. Um, uh, and so he basically says, you know, the psychiatrist, uh, you know, I don't want you anymore. I'm looking for love. And she goes, Oh well, of course, I found someone who'd be perfect for you. My next appointment. Sharon. So they bring they they bring Sharon. Um, bring Sharon. Sharon, what a lovely name. <laughs> yeah. And they immediately hit it off, and they have everything in common except for the fact, as he hallucinates now, going arm in arm with Sharon, he has an argument with her um, with, within the first ten minutes. So he can't even yeah. maintain a healthy relationship with his imaginary girlfriend. No, no. Um, and at this point, of course, we realise that um, Alva, who has of course been utterly traumatised, has been found by her brother Emilio, who's got the truth from her. And they're they're then driven outside Peter's apartment to stake it out, and Emilio's gone up with a, a tire iron to beat him to, uh, to death. Um, he, however, he finds. The, the ruined apartment and Peter sleeping under the coffin. Um, Peter sees, uh, Emilio's a bit taken aback, but Peter kind of puts the stake in his heart saying, just kill me. So yeah, Emilio obliges and shoves, shoves the, the wood through his heart. Um, and then that was it. He, he, he visits uh, the, the vampire Rachel and scene. There we go. That's it. That's the end. That's the end. That was a pretty swift re- review of, of the uh the film i, would, I, I think say it's it probably more in the themes of this isn't there than the, yeah, it's not uh, overburdened the plot. with plot it isn't um yeah that's the end of the film isn't it that's it yeah but Done. uh we we shall uh we shall take a, a quick break perhaps have a restorative cockroach or maybe even a pigeon um <laughs> and uh and we will come back to where we look at the analysis of this blimey Welcome back to Weekend at Crumbies as we review Vampire's Kiss. We have now removed the false teeth from my mouths. And well, you re- have. <laughs> <laughs> and can recline under our overturned sofas until uh, someone comes along with a plank to uh, end our sufferings. But speaking of which, um, James, I think I need to state this. It was your pick. Um, <laughs> and I am interested in so many ways. Why did you pick this movie? Well, uh, before before we go into that, the, I mean, we, we've been chuckling away at this and, and yeah. um, you know, just the kind of the Nicolas Cage uncorked in his antics in this. But there's, there's one particular outburst that we haven't mentioned yet, which is in, insane. So in, in the scene where he's talking about filing and not being able to file, he then angrily just goes through the alphabet. <laughs> oh, yes, he does. He does, he? 
We'd forgot, forgotten about that. I mean, he just yeah. goes, you, how can you misspell something? A, B, C, D, E, And you think it would stop there. You think he's going to see A, B, C. Yeah, he, in front of, of the, the psychiatrist, recites the whole alphabet. Getting more and more insane. Yeah, this film type, this film has a runtime of 103 minutes, by the way. So we're talking about 2% of this film is Nicolas Cage reciting the alphabet. <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah. Okay, so, the, I, I mean, it, it, yeah, what's my choice? So first of all, um, yeah, October is Halloween, so I want you to choose Halloween. We don't often do horror films. Um, we don't, because normally uh, I get to choose October. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know... Uh, horror is very close to my heart and actually as a as a film as a film podcast that talks about unloved films or films that maybe need to have a light shine upon them that didn't do very well etc horror is ripe for that kind it of is, conversation it? you know cult, cult, cult yeah. is horror and i'm yeah. not saying i don't you know, i don't necessarily think that weekend of comedies is simply a podcast about cult films but horror does lend itself to this kind of discussion i think and um and this film was a, was a massive box office flop, wasn't it? It was a huge flop. It has it, it has got a bit of a cult following now, but not not in the same way as um, you know, not in the same way as other horror films seem to manage it. Um, no, I'd, I'd it, say it, this has a Nicolas Cage shaped cult. Following. Yeah, that's you're right. Actually, this is a bit more idiosyncratic in its in its cult kind of fame. It's 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 yeah, it's Nicolas Cage driven cult really more than anything else. Um, so it you know it cost two million dollars it wasn't you know it's a fairly low budget anyway and it, it made something like seven hundred thousand dollars it was released at the same weekend as batman returns which obviously um i performed it it's just slightly um <laughs> and you know i think one of the arguments is are you going to go to the cinema to watch a, 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 a bat or a vampire and the, the argument was well we're going to go and watch a bat i suppose um, <laughs> and so that's what happened it might even have been batman not batman returns actually i'm not sure oh no it 80, wasn't 80, 89 would have been batman yeah, but I think that this was released in 91 because I think, oh no, it wasn't, no, it was released in 89, so it would be Batman, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. it would be Batman. So, I know it was it was on the shelf for a bit as well, so it went through kind of production problems too. Okay. Um, so all of that kind of fits in. It's a film that um, I'd not seen before, uh, I've never seen it, but um, I was aware of its, I was aware of it, I wouldn't say I was aware of its reputation necessarily, but I was aware of it, it, it fits into a canon of horror films um from the 80s an era of filmmaking and horror that i quite like um and so i thought well this would be interesting i'm, I'm i mean always interested in nicholas cage films because i think he's an he's a very he's an he, i've said the word interesting too often really he's just an odd actor yeah. um and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work we'll come on to whether i think it works or not in this particular film in 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 due course so therefore i thought it would be useful to watch in this context the other thing and i have to say this completely honestly hugh it's a film that i really wanted you to watch <laughs> because <laughs> i just think it's not anything that you would normally go for okay. um and i wanted a film that we might I have no preconceptions about what you think of the film, by the way. I don't mean okay. that okay. at all. I don't think that I don't mean that at all. Um, you know, you've liked films that I think you wouldn't like. You've not liked films I think you would like. So it's got nothing to do with that. It's much more about the fact that this this feels like it's a very divisive film. Okay. And I, you know, I don't really, I don't, I don't have any proof of that. But em emotively, I think you're either going to go with this or you're not going to go with it. And so I was just interested in almost putting you through this <laughs> because and, and part of it's because th this film is on the extreme end of the types of films that i might watch but it certainly isn't massively out there yeah in in some of the kind of you know horror films that, that you might watch for example i don't think this is particularly it's not gory necessarily it's not gruesome although it has a very dark undercurrent to it and it's it's difficult to watch in places which which is what i'm interested in in horror as well i don't I'm not overly fussed about gore and blood and guts although there's some of this stuff in this but this this i think has a bit more subtext to it perhaps okay. so i was interested in that too very good okay these are the reasons why would you like to kick us off then so there are there are things to talk about this film which are thematic and then there are just things to talk about this film which have nothing to do with <laughs> yes. thematics. So I, I almost want to get the thematic stuff out of the way, right? Okay, okay. Because, not because it's not important, but because I think, 
I think they are interlinked in some respects. So I'm, I'm not going to talk about Nicolas Cage's acting for a bit. Okay, I'm not going to talk about his okay. accents, not going to talk about the process, not for a bit. We'll obviously come, we'll come to them, yeah. Um, but, and, and so just bear that in mind when I talk about some of the themes here. So for me, um, this is, this is, this is a this is a horror film that isn't really about horror. It's not about the vampire, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's about other things. Now, it just so happens to contain a a, a streak of very dark um, horror tropes in it. But for me, it's it it's a it's a film that links into things like um, workplace harassment, misogyny, sexual harassment. Um, it, it talks about gender politics as well. And again, I'm not going to really go into whether I think it does it well or not until I reveal my score at the end. But it <laughs> talks about those things. It deals with those kinds of things. So as an example, Peter Lowe is like the boss from hell, right? He is, it's not, he's, a, he's the work colleague from hell, but it's more than that. So it's not just about workplace harassment. There's a, there's a misogynistic streak through the film embodied by Peter Lowe's yuppie, entitled, um, insane psyche, I suppose, really. And for me, it's that misogyny and um, mental instability writ through that kind of mental process, I guess, to a certain extent. The gender politics, I think, is quite interesting in the film because it comes through quite strongly in the relationship between Peter and Alva. Um, so I think I think there's a lot of gender politics that goes on in it and power relationships in that. And I think it, it it expresses that through the insanity of Nicolas Cage's performance <laughs> to a large extent. It does that in extremists um, and horror films do that. They present things. It's the point of horror, I guess, really. You know, yeah. if you want subtlety, don't look at horror films. You yeah. know, go, go for something else. Right. Um, so I don't mind that. But in, in, in that context, the Peter Alva relationship is that epitome of that in extreme gender politics that you get in offices. It's symptomatic. It, and it's 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 shown through the boardroom scene where they're all laughing at the fact that he's basically attacked Alva, right? Yeah. You know, it's that kind of stuff. And I, I don't think it's I don't think it's far off the truth necessarily. I mean, it's obviously an extreme version of it, but I could see that kind of thing happening, particularly in the late eighties, in yeah, that absolutely. kind of environment, in that kind of masculine kind of world, as it were. And you know, all of the kind of yuppie clubs you see in the film as well, they probably existed, right? With people that were their idea of companionship or um relationships was sleeping with someone um it, much the same now but it's a very masculine very misogynistic view of the world and it, at, the, at the start of the film he brags about the fact that it's another night it's another woman effectively yeah and i think part of his psychopathy part of that breakdown is is fundamentally linked to his isolation as, as a human being right <laughs> so he's manifesting his sexual desire his controlling power as a vampire whether that vampire is real or not it doesn't really matter in the end um i personally don't think the vampire is real i don't think there is a vampire in the film i think it's all peter lowe um but nevertheless it doesn't matter if there is or not so that's that's that kind of part part of it as well there is also a power relationship with um rachel and peter which is interesting because in the end i think he's inadequate and that's another part of this misogynistic view as well, which is that, it, you know, a lot of men are misogynistic because they aren't able to accept that women might have power in certain situations and so on and so forth. So there's that element of it as well. Um, so it's that link between the power, the gender politics, in some respects, his girlfriends and the relationships he has with women is very, he's very dismissive of them on the one hand, but in terms of sexuality and, and, and companionship, he's very submissive on the other hand as well. Um, so those things I found interesting about the film and how they manifest themselves. So there's the kind of thematic aspect of it. So your thoughts on that would be interesting. Yes, I think, um, I think that's broadly true, actually. I think, um, yeah, the, the, it's not horror in the sense of there's someone with a chainsaw chasing you through. It's horror in the sense of the real life. That, yeah, that it's horrific. In, that, yeah, that, that someone in power can make your life a misery yeah. with no repercussions. That, um, again, that he can again just ditch his girlfriend. He can be rude to her, dismiss her, and still have her, you know, come on a chain coming back and it is cool and this kind of stuff. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And th th there's another bit in in the film which I think exemplifies that, which is um, again, it's a mis it could be seen as the film being misogynistic, but I don't think it is. I think it's a representation of Peter Lowe's misogyny, which is toward the end of the film where, where Peter has the fantasy 
um, scene with the psychiat with his psychiatrist and Sharon. Yeah. He wants to create this new new loving environment with Sharon, and the psychiatrist um, is kind of brilliant. This is fantastic, and he says, "Oh, yeah, but uh, I did I did rape a woman last night." Yeah. And she goes, "Ah, well, you know that's fine. It doesn't matter. You know, we, we all make mistakes, don't we?" And he says, "Oh, yeah, but I did murder a woman as well." Well, you know, just go go ahead and enjoy your lives as long as the police don't get you. It doesn't matter. And I think partly that's about saying he thinks he believes in the end this is what women want. Yeah, this is this is ultimately what women want. They want this masculine misogynistic. They might say no, but they mean yes. And I think that's quite a dark scene presented in quite a an abstract form, but done quite nicely in that context as well. Yeah, it, is, it does almost play for laughs the way that you know Sharon is brought on to be his exact yeah. match, and and the psychiatrist is like is is no way challenging anything, saying oh you killed someone, oh no man, you kids just go on, go yeah. on, shoo shoo shoo, go on. She's a woman as well saying that, which I think is important. Yeah, she's slightly older as well. It was um, it's yeah. interesting that they gave her a much because there was one scene when she's calling from home late at night. So he's demanding his thing. She has a much younger lover as well. I thought, what well, is, is they? Yes, yeah, do, yeah, they do anything does. with that, or they just they just that's who they cast. But it was, uh, well, I think, but I think that's part of that misogynistic streak in the sense that in the end, she's the same. Okay. She's, it's that power thing. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm reading a bit too much into that. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but no, I think that, I think the fact that he he's you know he gets his. In his mind, even though he's a wreck in reality, in his mind he gets a win. He gets that woman who yes. is exactly his match, and he can't even keep ha her happy because he's arguing with her and insulting her and, and saying, you know, leave me alone, stop asking questions, all this kind of stuff within five yeah. minutes. So there, there is no making Peter happy. Um, there is no, no. no um, there yeah, I think it's interesting to say that he, there was no vampire. Yeah, you're probably right in the sense that yeah, every, everything could be quite easily explained by Peter Lowe being a nasty person and yeah. um, having a mental breakdown. Um, I think I think so, and I think I, I know this it makes me sound like an idiot, but it kind of twigged for me the mirror scene when uh, he's he's going absolutely ape shit. So excuse yeah. my friend, he's going bonkers at the fact that he can't see himself in the mirror, but we all can. Yes, yeah, you know, and it's 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 quite a it's quite a bizarre. I mean, God, it's a bizarre scene in a bizarre film <laughs> to a large extent, because the, and again the, the way that it's acted, I just. It's odd. I suppose the point is, is it's odd watching someone fall apart like that when it, it it's just such an innocuous scenario. He's in the toilet looking in a mirror. He can, yeah. he can, we can see, and he's just having a meltdown, and it's yeah. like, wow, what? <laughs> I suppose again, this might come into well, we're, we won't touch on the performance yet, but I think this may be where it comes into horror. The the over the top comedic bits are over the top and comedic. But when it gets to tormenting Alva, it gets a lot more real. And I don't know whether that, I don't know whether that was intentional yeah. yes. or whether that was a, mis yeah. a misjudgment of, of the tone. But it was a lot harder to to accept the the the, the bouncing along um, of everything else being so silly. Even I mean, actually, when he, when he murders a woman in the club, that's pretty horrible too. But it can yeah. almost be brushed off because it's but since the movie's careened off the tracks and it's just heading towards its finale. But the 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 constant because you actually see Al Alva is a is a realised person. She um she's yeah, not she again is, she's she's not a mindless drone that he's just no, arguing around. No, she's she, not she, imaginary. She's not a cipher. Yeah. She's yeah. quite yeah exactly. Yeah, she should be see a travelled home. She's she's yeah. she's yeah. depressed. Yeah, she's she's been yeah. down. She's scared. And all this kind of stuff, and then she's you know brutalized in the end. It's horrible, and it is horrible. I mean, the um, the actor um, Marie Alonso does a good job of, of portraying it, and it's she does, and it's, it's, it shifts from it shifts from what what might be because e even in the worst, in, even in the worst moments of um, workplace harassment before then, it, it's it's so over the top that it is it is. You, I, you know, I found myself kind of just thinking, well, this is. You know, this is a little bit hum humorous is probably the wrong word, but it's dark comedy for yeah. sure. Right. Well, nine, nine to five was never like this. <laughs> no, no. But when she's in her bed at home and she's got a bruised face and she won't open the door for her mother, yeah. that isn't humorous in any way, shape or form. That's it's very dark. It's very sad. Um, yeah. and, and I. I, I suppose the challenge is because you said whether that's a, a misstep on the film's behalf or whether it was a deliberate thing. I'm not, again, I'm not sure you can ever tell with films like this, because I think often the way that these films are filmed, they're a bit off the cuff. They're yeah. kind of shot quickly. They're cheap. You, you, you can't quite tell. I, I never quite know. So the, the, the comedic elements in the film 
um, and the darker tone of the film is fairly common in horror. And the juxtaposition of the two is what's quite jolting. Um, and often that is deliberate. Now, I, is that deliberate in this film? I, I'm inclined to give it the benefit of the doubt because for me, there's no way that Nicolas Cage could put in a performance like he's done without it being deliberate, right? Yes, yeah. You know, so it kind of has to be deliberate. Otherwise, it's terrible. <laughs> and I don't think it is terrible in that context, which maybe brings us on to the to Nicolas Cage, because really the film is Nicolas Cage, right? Yeah, one more thing about the theme oh, yeah, is, um, before we jump on Nicolas Cage, because that'll, that'll take up a lot is, um, you're right about the fact, you know, he probably wasn't a vampire. To me also, again, I haven't seen as much horror. I do remember seeing like a 10 minute short once where someone was being, was interviewing, it wasn't through the vampire, someone was interviewing a real vampire in inverted oh, commas, yeah, okay. as in yeah. he was a real vampire. And he was talking about, you know, what it was like to live like that and this kind of stuff. And he's, you know, he's, he was kind of, you know, wearing the, the long coat and he had slicked mm. back hair and he looked vampirish. But then at the very, like the last 30 seconds, we see him basically, you know, mug someone grab them slice their neck with a razor blade and, and have to drink their blood and then you the, it films in and it's horrible because his face is full of blood he's in an yeah, alley yeah. Of, and he just looks up saying i have to do this every night i have to do this every night and it's so pathetic and, and yeah. grotesque and you think oh you know it's not all kind of you know tom cruise is a sexy vampire and he'll you know <laughs> yeah, that's right it's like yeah. if, if you have to if you actually have to feast on human blood yeah, if you have it's to probably eat like we all have to eat but yeah. your food is human blood yeah, it's you've probably got to do it it's probably grotesque and horrible and yeah. i also thought maybe this is like saying like if they if vampires did exist in the 1980s mm. in new york it would it wouldn't be like you know nosferatu would put it nosferatu nosferatu was a grotesque vampire it mm. wouldn't be a sexy vampire like rachel is it would be a a, a predatory creep yeah. like john yeah. Uh, peter Lowe. yeah it would be yeah assaulting people in clubs or getting them with a or all yeah. this kind of stuff and, and being slightly unhinged is. yeah yeah you'd have to be wouldn't you yeah well you've, so you've that, lost it mentally it's like the, the scene when he walks down the stairs as nosferatu yeah in that club it you could look at it two ways you could see it as absolutely ridiculous what is nicholas cage doing but but it's also really quite terrifying in the sense that he be i think he believes that's what he is yeah very much so, he, so he's, he's playing up to it, it. Yeah. so it's going to be absurd yeah he's completely lost it so yeah so that's the thing but uh, speaking of nicholas cage then yeah. let's jump in then um where do we <laughs> God, i want to hear your thoughts on nicholas cage okay a couple of thoughts i had there firstly yeah. i remember again around about this time in his career in the 80s um as an up-and-coming actor, he was invited on the Terry Wogan show, and this is quite a famous. Clip. Oh, I do remember this. Remember, he yeah, goes bonkers, doesn't he? He does. Oh, no, he gives money he, out or something. He doesn't go bonkers. He appears bonkers. He didn't. He's like, yeah. So it's yeah. Terry Wogan, you know, and again, Wogan being a chat show from the eighties, yeah. where the the normal Hollywood guests would, would come on in their nice suits and they'd sit down and they'd have a chat and they'd you know plug yeah. their latest book and that would be that. And Terry Wogan <laughs> would have a gentle conversation. He announced Nicholas Cage, and Nicholas Cage literally has a forward role onto the stage. That's right. He does. Doesn't a leather he? Yeah. jacket. It's brilliant, and like, isn't it? And he, and, he, and he's like he's air punching and he's whooping and he runs to the audience and he starts throwing tenors into the audience and he goes back and he, he wouldn't even sit down the Terry Wogan's like indicating would you like to sit down there Nicholas and Nicholas is like he's he's like air punching and yeah 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 and like you're a very excitable young man aren't you Nicholas <laughs> and this kind of stuff. yeah and I remember that it's a brilliant yeah, sequence it's an amazing sequence but you you watch it and you think is this an yeah. unknown actor trying yeah. to make a splash by going so far over the top or is Nicolas Cage really that mad? Um, yes. And maybe the answer, the question will never be answered. But it, this, this put me in that film is like, is 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 he is he pitching this performance like this, or is he just again, as the director just decided, you do whatever the hell you like, yeah. and 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 you go as big as you want to, and you're as big as you can, because yeah. it felt to me like I've never seen Nicolas Cage at this most Nicolas Cage. You, I know, you, and this is like quite every, early in his career as well, isn't yeah. it? It's a huge it like, risk it was after, if he is doing it, that. It was after things like Moonstruck and um and a few other things. It was it a wasn't bit like it, but not. And I was after um I suppose uh, Raisin Arizona was kind of neutral. It's after but a few. Peggy films. Sue got married. Yeah, so basically, that? yeah, yeah, he didn't have a blockbuster under his belt at this point. You're no. quite right, but you're right. It, I've every film with Nicolas Cage in from now on is going to be seen through the prism of where does it stand in the spectrum? And this is 10. Every yeah, other film is, is somewhere, this is, every, every other film is somewhere below Nicolas Cage's there. It's, it's the, it's his most cages. And again, to be honest, I don't know, it's quite entertaining to see someone do a forward run throughout money, but you don't want it all the time. <laughs> it gets, a, it gets a bit much after a while. Oh dear. Um, yeah, I, I, well, I, so it, it, yeah, I, I, I was um, 
so Nicolas Cage did an interview about Vampire's Kiss. Oh, okay. Relatively recently, but he did the um, he did the audio commentary on the DVD release, right? And um, <laughs> did he do it in Peter Lowe voice? I don't know. I haven't I haven't heard it, but, but there's a I've seen the, a bit of the transcript of it, and he describes Vampire's Kiss as his favourite film and his <laughs> best performance. Um, now, now again, so I mean that's interesting, isn't it? Because it's just so, that's so odd, and. Um, given that he's won an Oscar for like, you know, leaving Las Vegas and all this kind of stuff as well. Right. So, but it, I think it always comes back. I, I, I grapple with this a lot, particularly with genre films, not just horror films, but genre films more generally. What is a bad performance and, and what isn't a bad performance? Right. Because it is, is it the fact that this performance is delivered by Nicolas Cage that makes this performance not bad? Right. Because if this was delivered by another actor, would we consider it to be bad? And I don't, I don't know what the answer is to it. Right. If, if I'm putting my if I'm if I'm put, putting my cards on the table. Yeah. I found I found Nicolas Cage's performance in this film. I can't even say it. Incredible. But <laughs> but but I, but do I think it was a good performance? I just have no idea. I have no idea whether it was a good performance or not. I don't know what a bad performance is in this context. And that's such an odd thing to say. I found it very entertaining, I have to say. Um, I, I, and actually, despite the themes of the film being very dark and some of the, I mean, the last 30 minutes of the film is, it's a descent into horror completely, yeah, isn't it really? Yeah. And it's really, it's unpleasant in many ways, but I still found myself quite engrossed. His eyes and to, just <laughs> his, his, his kind of confrontational physicality almost, right? So there were there were points in the film where he is hunched over so much and and it looks really uncomfortable. I don't quite know how he does it. Where there were other moments in the film where he looks he looks quite pristine and 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 preppy and yuppie and all that kind of stuff, right? And yeah. Uh, so if it whether it's a good or bad performance, I don't know. It's a surreal performance. Um and it's totally unlike anything I've really seen. Right. It's just it's out there. Yeah. You, you say, okay, yeah, well, OK, put another actor who was who was working at that time in late 80s into that role. Then could you put uh, Dennis Quaid? It would be it would be a shambles. <laughs> I mean, maybe that isn't a good example. I don't know. You, you could think that, the, you know, the, the method actors, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, people like that. They're a bit older, though, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I mean, it's very hard to say who would you get if you don't get Nicolas Cage. He is, he is you'd get quite Nicolas singular. Cage, wouldn't you? But would you get Nicolas Cage then? That's the thing. This is my point, is that I don't know that he was known for any of this stuff. He said it was a turning point in his career because it made him realise that his style of acting was extreme. And he followed, you know, he's followed it up with, there's elements of Peter Lowe in, there's elements of Peter Lowe in Leaving Las Vegas, right? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would get, you know, he's, a bit yeah. Off, he's off kilter in that film. Um, it, the Wicker Man, he's insane in The Wicker Man. That's a terrible Absolutely. film. And yeah, he's insane yeah. in it. Um, Face Off, he's insane in that film. Yeah, yeah. Con yeah. he's insane. <laughs> uh, and some of the newer films, this isn't just a, a this isn't just a one-off. Like, um, Bad Lieutenant, New Orleans Port of Call, the sequel to Harvey Keitel's Bad Lieutenant. He's in this. The film should be terrible. He's incredible in it. Just he's, <laughs> he's overacting. I, mean, I don't even know that he's overacting. It's just a style of acting. Um, he's made recent ones, Mandy and Pig. You think, what are, they, what are these films? He's incredible in them. Just like, he's, he's eminently watchable. Heath not, Ledger had a not, very, I don't a, know what he's doing. Heath Ledger had a very good comment on um, on another actor who'd won an award. And he'd made quite a, he made quite a little pithy comment saying, I thought the award was for the best acting, not the most acting. <laughs> <laughs> Which is yeah. ironic because the joke would turn out to be. But um, I mean, the, this is, yeah, this is Nicolas Cage does the most acting. It's like a... It's it's uh, actually when um, when Rick Mail kept doing his Lord Flash Arts for Blackadder, yeah. he'd always come off set and go, "Did I win?" <laughs> yeah. And that was how he approached the scene. Like, I'm going to win the scene, and it's like it was Nicholas Cage. It's like, I'm going to do more acting than everyone else in the movie put together, and yeah. and, and he does. I mean, he, it is. It does. He all, like I, said, I think he derails the movie with his performance, but also without his performance. The There's no nothing, movie. is it? Yeah, no, that, I agree. Thing. Yeah, it's, it's so it's, odd, isn't it? It's it's an odd it's an odd structure because you'd think if if you had an actor like that and they went like that, you'd thinking that's so self indulgent. They're ruining this movie because yeah. all they're doing is their entire repertoire cranked up to eleven. Yeah. But if that's not there, there isn't. There's, a film, there's is no. There? There's no. There's no film. No, it's about. It's about 
him. It's about Nicolas Cage going full Nicolas Cage in some respects. Yeah, it's very I mean, odd. But that, that voice, what is that voice? I, there Shall was... I tell you what that voice is? Go on. It's a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that accent is. I've, I've, it's I've like seen a enough... faux British accent, isn't it? It's weird. Well, I've seen enough now American media to kind of pick out an American accent. There is no American accent like this. He's, well, I... he's, he's going for like a New England preppy voice, I think. It's... Yeah, but there's, there's hints of there's hints of Britishness in it. I yeah. even thought at one point it might be kind of a weird hybrid version of Transylvanian or something. I don't know. It's so they're, odd. Yeah, at the very beginning, we actually flash back because he's, when he's talking to the, the psychiatrist, he's kind of mumbling. So the first time he really talks is when he's, he's flashing back and when he's, he's taking them Jackie home. And they're all drunk and they're all giggling. Mm. And he, and he like, this is my chateau. It was about two blocks yeah. from here. And I yeah. thought, oh, he's doing a funny English accent. He's, he's not, though, is he? But then he, he's keeping it up. He's, he's, he actually talks like this. That's his accent. <laughs> it reminded so it it, and again, he's got history in this because in Peggy Sue Got Married, he's got a really nasal accent as well, yeah. which was deliberate. And apparently Kathleen Turner absolutely hated it and hated him <laughs> because he wouldn't come out of character. And it's the same thing with um, Jennifer Beals in this. She hated him because off camera, he was Peter Lowe. He, he stayed in character for the whole film, which again makes me think that the, the, the performance, his performance isn't a bad performance. It's absolutely deliberate. Yeah. It's just I'm not on. We're not, maybe I'm just not on the same wavelength as him. Yeah. So it's um. It's so odd. It's so odd. It's a surreal performance. But th- there is one thing I would say about about it though is that it's got nothing to do. It's got nothing to do with Nicolas Cage or the film to to a certain extent. But it's why you may disagree with this, you. But it's why horror, particularly, but genre films in general, but horror particularly interests me and entertains me because. I, I watch this and I kind of don't have to worry too much about the perception of what the film should be or <laughs> the perception of anything in the film, the plot, the acting, the structure, whether it makes sense or not, because it's it's a horror film. It's almost in it's all horror is absurd to a certain extent. It's you know, it's dark and it's grim and it's horrible, but it's also, you know, you're talking about vampires and you know creatures and it's yeah. just weird you, you can almost let rip and it not matter yeah and i quite like that and so i kind of appreciate nicholas cage's turned up to 11 <laughs> you know literally he's turned up to 11 here because it's kind of like well it's going to be absurd so he might as well bring it front and center and just go for it but that said there are some again there are some I, you're, I completely agree. In this movie, I was not one point worried about the plot or thinking how could this plot be improved no, and made logical. Matter, does it? Wasn't that at all? But Quite there, liberating. There, yeah, but there are there are horror movies out there again which which have good good solid plots and good solid oh, actors, course. and then they yeah. and they're they're the classics. Um, oh, they are, and this isn't a classic, right? So that's yeah. fine. But um, you know, I, I, he doesn't. So the, there are kind of markers for these kinds of films as well. So you've got them. For me, you've got you've got you've got Peter Lowe in vampire's kiss right so that's almost for me that's the yeah that's the marker of which all other i don't know whether you want to call it overacting or most acting is <laughs> but it's not very classical acting is it this isn't hyper real that we, we lord a lot nowadays where you get yeah. the awards for this is no way hyper real this is the opposite yeah. of hyper real and it's it's love it or hate it i think but in the horror genre you do have more classical performances of a type of Nicolas Cage's here, which do stick well. And it does make me think maybe if he toned it down a little bit, just a little bit even, it would still be utterly weird, Yeah. but it might make more of an impact. And the, the, the two I'm thinking of is, I'm thinking of Jack, um, Jack Nicholas in- um, Jack Nicholson? Sorry, does not, the Jack golfer. not the golfer, Jack Nicholson, sorry, in, in The Wolf? Shining, oh, the Shining. Who, okay. who plays a man who loses it, yes. but, and and he he really does lose it in The Shining, but yeah. there's the acting is, I don't know, it's more I I can understand it as a performance within the context of a film, right? It's a it's classical acting. And the other one which this reminds me of a little bit is Christian Bale in American Psycho. Yes, very much. Which so. again feels like a similar. It's got a lot to say about gender politics and and sexual harassment and stuff like that and power. Yeah. But he plays it again. He loses it and he plays it weird, but just bringing it in, reining it in that little bit by 10% just makes the film a little bit more coherent as a whole. Whereas Nicolas Cage, I, I agree with you, he almost breaks the film 
Yeah. But without him, there isn't the film. And yeah. I, I don't know whether that's a good thing or not. I can't work it out. Yeah. American Psycho is one of the films I was going to compare it to, actually, because I, yeah, yeah. I found that a great comparison. It's the same about a psychotic yuppie. Is this real? Is this not? He's, you know, he's, it's predatory. He's bloody. Um, and and the, the central character is a, you know, a, a big performance in cases. But you're right. The way it's played is so much more grounded, maybe is the word, um, or, or maybe, maybe so grounded. much more. So much yeah. more in, in key, so much more coherent with the rest of the film. Yeah, you're right. That that it's it's. I mean, I really like American Psycho as a movie. Um, yes, and, and the book as well. Both are good. They're different, but they're both good. Yeah, and yeah, it 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 works in what it's trying to do. And it, but I, I think again, you, Christian Bale, you couldn't have been as Nicolas Cage to Nicolas Cage, but you could have said Christian Bale, off the leash, on you go, just just mm. go for it, and it it, it would have been similar to this effect i think is like oh christian bale's a bit self-indulgent there he's, he's really you know he's, he's actually gone nuts there it's true um, though but but uh, it, in in nicholas cage's defense here i don't know whether we need to defend him because i think we're both yeah, saying yeah. that he's it's an it's an entertaining watch right i mean it's it, yeah. he, he, you know, whatever you think of, of, of him but i suppose in defense of it there is a there is an the unhinged nature of him in this film does render the character of peter lowe highly unpredictable which in itself is quite scary um whereas i'm not saying that american psycho isn't it it isn't scary and it's a better film than vampire skis i think but christian bale's performance in it is is still within i don't know it's still within the boundaries of what you might expect a horror film to be I, i think if of the two performances which one perhaps better reflects complete mental breakdown yes well, it's yes. probably nicholas cage's <laughs> it's, it's just that it's not as palatable because it's unpleasant the other film um i was thinking is a comparable to this in a different direction mm. was wolf um oh, good being the jack the jack that's what i thought jack nicholson because yeah. that's also again he's not quite yuppie but it's um it's someone who's empowered by his his kind of mental mm. breakdown if you like yeah, he actually gets yeah, by wolf but he what happens to him then instead of becoming a nastier character he becomes a better one from being a kind of a, a person affected with ennui and pushed around he becomes more assertive of himself he, he fights back against the bullies in his in his workplace you know with his wife who's cheating on him he ends up with you know, michelle fiver he, he gets the new life so it's, it was it's, i guess it's the happy version of, of what happens there um <laughs> but obviously you know um less horrific in that sense because it yeah. becomes a kind of it's like a superhero movie in many regards um but it's 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 the flip side of um what happens to, to peter Lowe in this yeah it's interesting because um I hadn't considered that, but it's yeah, it's it's the it's the it's the it's the counter argument, isn't it? I suppose it's yeah, yeah interesting. I might, I might, I've not seen it for a long time. Yeah, because I guess you could you could have easily had someone who gets bitten by a vampire and all of a sudden he's 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 Superman. Everyone loves him. He's pulling in the clients. He's uh, he's yeah. charming everybody. He's got all the women and this kind of stuff. Well, uh, it, yeah. In actual fact, I watched a film quite recently of of that in that vein ironically okay um it's called thirst it's a south korean film by park chan wook who also did old boy um you, you might be aware of oh, yeah, yeah yeah and um it's a he um the the main actor who's called sang hook yo i think who played the lead in parasite as well he plays a priest who is infected with vampiric blood as a uh, as an accident through a transfusion he has to become um immune to this horrific virus that's spreading across the world so what he wants to do is well what he wants is to be immune to this virus so he can go into poor countries and act as a a savior for them if that makes sense you know that kind of that but he but unfortunately he is he's infected with vampiric blood now the irony is it's the vampiric blood that makes him immune to the virus (laughs) it also makes him a vampire And so it's quite an interesting dichotomy there between him doing good, but also having this desire for human blood. Yeah. But even in, that, in the end, it goes a bit bonkers and it yeah. turns out, you know, it, it, all, it all goes to hell. That's the funny thing. It, it, these films, again, it's once you set up a high concept, you either end it by completely going off the rails or you end it with a bit of lackluster. Like I remember Interview with a Vampire was a bit oh, kind of like yeah. a... Uh, it's I'm like not you, so keen on that film either. No, no, I they, they, say. but they build up all that they build up they do. In, in the story, and it ends with, "All right, then I'm off." <laughs> well, I do tend to find, and this isn't the case always, but um, horror films, so big, really, really big budget horror films, tend to have too much to lose. Yeah. So they don't 
always go for it in the way that that films with a smaller budget or perhaps you know with you know first time directors can kind of get away with it a bit more it's, I mean, it's not always the case don't get me wrong um but I, I tend to find that those with less to lose can really push the boundary um but you know if, if horror isn't high, it's like horror and sci-fi if they're not high concept what are they that's yeah. the point of them isn't it you yeah. can't you, well, I mean, you can't really get anything else in in horror <laughs> really unless you're watching a documentary about fred west or something which is like <laughs> the most depressing thing i could ever imagine watching <laughs> oh, there's a new there's a new uh, from drama on from jeffrey Dahmer, and i can't bear to watch oh, it because it's, it's why it, do you it, want it, to watch that i mean yeah it's it's, funny, it's it's very relaxed and very realistic thought, well that makes it worse yeah it does yeah I'll give watch, me Nicolas cage overacting as yeah. jeffrey Dahmer. jeffrey Dahmer the musical <laughs> well it's the same thing that you know um you know Hannibal Lecter, for example. He's he's a he's an unsavoury character. Quite likable though, isn't he? <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't mind being his mate. Yeah. <laughs> for a bit, anyway. I, don't know, I think he might turn. He might have an edge. He might turn. Yeah, he might turn. Anyway, I, you know, is there anything else you want to say about? Yeah. I don't think so. I've named the two films I'd, I'd recommend in tandem with this. Although, um, so that'd be Wolf and American Psycho. Though again, yeah. maybe maybe you've got some horror ones that would. Well, I was. I was. Well. I mean, I was going to go for American Psycho as well. They're not really horror films, but it was more if if. If you like Nicolas Cage in this film, see <laughs> a n other Nicolas Cage films. Yeah, you'll get a, you'll <laughs> get a fragment of this. You, yeah, you'll get a fragment. Yeah, it's amazing that he he calmed down, he toned down over the years, and you know, and, and let's not forget he was in the Wicker Man remake, oh. where he is insane in that film, and he's not as insane in that film as he is in this film. He's insane <laughs> in this. My favorite Nicolas Cageism, I think, was when we lived in Bath. Apparently, he had a he had a. Um... A, uh, a house in the the Royal Circle, um, which is Did the poshest. The, it's one of the yeah, know, the, legend. Yeah, it, yeah. the, the Royal Circle, the poshest um, parts of the Georgian houses in Bath, and he had a bowling alley installed in the basement. <laughs> what? I don't know if this is true. If he even lived in Bath or had a bowling alley, but it sounds it sounds very true. <laughs> Apparently, he's a really nice guy as well. I think yeah, he I mean, has to be if you're that mad. Like Spike yeah. Milligan was off his off his tree, and he was a lovely guy. Yeah, Keanu Reeves as well, lovely, and he's a bit a bit off his. Rocker as well, isn't he? I know he, is, he seems he's comparatively grounded compared to <laughs> well, competitive Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Spike Milligan, Nicolas Cage. I think I'd, <laughs> I'd rather sit down and have a cup of tea with Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Well, there we go. That's Vampire's Kiss. Okay, I'm intrigued then. to know what you might give it. So indeed. So uh, not far to go now. So uh, rest yourself and your your coffin couch one more time. <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll see what the scores we give, and of course learn what our penultimate film of the year will be. Welcome back, dear listener. Uh, I hope you brought your plank with you. Uh, for now, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> drive it through teeth. the heart of oh, your fake teeth, um, your three dollar fake teeth. Uh, let's drive it through the stake of Vampire's Kiss and then put an end to it once and for all. So, as tradition befits, James, the uh, the honour of scoring it first lies with you. Oh, this is uh, this is one instance I want I want to know what your score was first. <laughs> it's really annoying. That's but why you we go. go first. Yeah, I know it is. It is. Um, oh, this is such a hard film to rate. Uh, I'm going to go with my gut instinct here, which which is <laughs> that despite the film being a bit messy, I suppose, and despite Nicolas Cage almost derailing it completely, I I, I quite I bought into the thematic theme, the thematic areas of the film quite well. I think it does that interestingly i think it does that in a in a in a in a way that is quite engaging i think as a horror film goes it 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 it, it fits the bill in the sense it is quite horrific um and <laughs> nicholas cage i just he's 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 insane he's entertaining so i've look you you might scoff at me here but i've, I've got i'm gonna give it four four disembodied crombie heads just on the basis that if someone said to me would you watch vampire's kiss you know recommend a film to me i'd say yeah watch it because you might hate it but you're not going to forget that film. <laughs> so it's four star, four disembodied Crombie heads. Four disembodied Crombie heads. Okay, uh, for myself, um, it's interesting. Again, it's, uh, it's always worth having these conversations after the film rather than just uh, because my my gut reaction was a certain score. And I, to be honest, I did not enjoy the film. I um, I did not like it. I, I and it was mostly it, it wasn't the 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 craziness of Nicolas Cage because you tune into that and you enjoy it. I just found the the realism of the brutality of, of the Alma subplot was mm. so awful. And later on again when he when he assaulted the woman in the club, less so. But mostly it was it was the Alma because it was played her, her role was played very real. And so the fact that her her trauma was real 
around a very broad comedy of an of a, a, a mistake and forgettable performance threw me off my watching of the film so much i i just couldn't jive with it um so i, I was going to give it a one just thinking i, I can't I, I didn't like it i just didn't like it however the discussion we've had of course is open my eyes to i've enjoyed having the discussion tonight a lot more than i enjoyed watching the film and i'd undeniable um the, the performance of nicholas cage is is something that i'm very glad they captured on film um <laughs> i I'm, I'm i'm genuinely happy that we have this of Nicolas Cage uh, on, on cinematic wave. So it's so I think if someone said, "Would you would you watch this film?" I'd say, "I really dislike this film. It's awful, but you should probably watch it." <laughs> uh, so, How so, odd is that? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to give it a two. Gonna okay. it up. So it's 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 comes recommended, but I don't like it at all. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because yeah, I, I think. I think I'm I'm on a similar plane with you, really. I think I enjoy horror. I enjoy horror more, and so yeah. therefore it's going to tick my boxes more. Yeah. But but really, for me, I would recommend it to someone if because I'd be like, yeah, watch Nicolas Cage in this film. He's insane. If it's, someone if someone said I'm a fan of Nicolas Cage, and I said, oh, have you seen Vampire's Kiss? Like, well, you've got to see Vampire's Kiss then. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, that's really interesting. Those, yeah, very good, very good. Excellent. We are. Well, it's the it's the point that point the podcast that everybody loves that's right it's nearly the end oh. unless you're obviously nicholas cage in in vampire's kiss because obviously you'd live forever wouldn't you um although he doesn't does he you know, this is a terrible segue into <laughs> what's the next film anyway, hugh what's what's the film for november <laughs> thank you james uh the film for november will be soylent green <laughs> Very good, very good. Oh, With that hanging, we shall uh, we shall say no more. But as we wish you a healthy and happy weekend at Crombies, we'll be reciting the alphabet: A, B, C. Good evening, all. D. Weekend at Crombies. Yeah, who's that? Is was it his name? Simon. No, it used to be the, the start of... When you oh, go to Simon Bates. Simon Bates, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. There may yeah. be some sexy scenes. Yeah. Wasn't even scenes of a sexual nature. It was sexy scenes. Yeah. And because, uh, that was the point where I think to myself, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, really? I, I, that, at, well, that point, well, at that point, I was we... thinking of, I don't want the same sexual taste as Simon Bates. Oh, I uh, see what you mean. I don't, I don't yeah. want Simon Bates suddenly winking at me through the camera no. saying, yeah, we'll have a good time with this one. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> Pay attention. <laughs> Master Bates by name, Master Bates by nature. <laughs>